The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey, welcome again. I'm Pastor Chris. Glad to have you with us today. If you just walked in, uh, welcome to Coastal Community Church. We are in week two of the series called Misfits. Hey, a couple of things real quick this morning. I do want to, I just want, well, really, I want to thank everyone for uh, coming out this past Sunday night uh, for my son's uh, and, and Lizzie's uh, wedding shower. Uh, we just had a lot of fun together. The love uh, shown uh, by our church family just always is very humbling and blows me away. So thank you so much. Uh, but he's getting married. I guess he's already out. He's already gone. But he's getting married on, on Friday. This, this Friday. Isn't that amazing? That just blows me away. Way. So, and I am doing the wedding ceremony, and uh, so I'm going to be an emotional, blubbering uh, mess. And uh, but I'm excited about it. It's going to be awesome. And then, but you're all invited to the party uh, afterwards. It's at seven o'clock uh, downtown at the Palmetto Brewery. Don't read into that. Well, you might as well. Anyway, read into that all you want. No, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, there's going to be food, going to be dancing. We're going to have a great time. So uh, you're all invited uh, 7 o'clock uh, this coming uh, Friday night. As my son says, it'll be the dopest party of 2016. I don't know what that means, but it's going to be awesome. So, um, well, hey, let's, uh, let's review just for a second. Uh, we're in this, as I said, the series called Misfits. And, uh, you know, we're all familiar with the classic uh, movie, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys. Well, uh, if there ever was a group of misfits, if there ever was a group of people who were defective and unwanted and really did not seem like they would ever fit in in any way, shape, or form to God's redemptive story, uh, it pretty much was everybody associated with the original Christmas story, the first Christmas story and the birth of Jesus. I mean, from, from the hick town uh, that he was born in of Bethlehem uh, to the parents themselves, everyone associated with the story is not what you would expect. Um, and, and who would have guessed, you know, that God would have chosen these two young, uneducated, peasant uh, teenagers to be the guardians of his son? Now, here's the truth. Many of you feel like misfits. Uh, you, you feel like you just don't really uh, fit in. You, don't, you feel like that, um, that God could never use you in his redemptive story. Uh, maybe you think something like this. You know, Pastor Chris, because of my past, you know, you're, you feel like you're defective. Uh, because of what you've done, where you've been, what you've experienced, you feel uh, unwanted. And uh, you feel like you don't fit in. You feel like you don't fit in, you know, not only to, you know, anything related to God, but like, you know, for sure not the church. And you feel like you could never be used by him. You're a misfit. Well, the whole Christmas story itself actually is this beautiful demonstration that our God has this amazing way over and over and over again to use just ordinary people to do the extraordinary. If they'll simply just trust him and obey. And that's definitely the theme of the Christmas story. Now, again, most of you are familiar with the Christmas story but I think it's very possible to be familiar with something and still miss the meaning, still miss the message. And we, we see that all the time. You know, things just become kind of white noise to us. And we see it, you know, we see the pictures, we see, you know, the symbols, but we just kind of, it just kind of fades into the background. My hope today is that the Holy Spirit of God 
would enable you, even those of you who are very familiar with the story, to hear the message again and to receive it with an open mind and a receptive heart and allow God to speak to you today. Again, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Again, most of you know the story, right? The angels of God appear to the shepherds uh, on the hillside announcing the birth of Jesus. But, but don't just skim over that without really examining carefully the wonder of all of that in, in the very first Christmas. I mean, just like everything else associated with this story, the selection of the shepherds was very intentional. Now think about it. Why? Why didn't God choose, you know, royalty to be the very first to hear about the birth of Jesus? Why shepherds? Now, if you're a skeptical person or maybe more logical, you might just say, well, you know, the angels came down to make the announcement and the shepherds were the only ones out in the open. You know, or, or, or maybe they were the only ones awake, you know, at night, late that night. In other words, they were, they were just the ones available, you know? So it's just by, you know, chance that, uh, that they chose the shepherds. And yet the Bible teaches us that Jesus was crucified from the beginning of the world. In other words, God had in mind sending his son Jesus to the world from the time that he created him. And so every detail surrounding Jesus has great, great significance. Now, I can think of a couple of meaningful symbols of why the announcement came to shepherds. Write these down. First of all, I think it's a symbol and a reminder of the purpose of Jesus. It wrapped up in, this, in, in, these, in these shepherds. I mean, he came into the world to be. In fact, later, uh, John announces Jesus as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world, take away your sin, my sin. And so those who are looking after the lambs, the sheep, were the very first ones to, you know, to hear about the Lamb of God. Now, most of the sheep, the lambs that were raised in uh, that day, were not raised for meat or for wool. Uh, in, in the first century, they were raised for sacrifice. In fact, the Old Testament commanded the Jewish people to uh, regularly bring a sacrifice to the temple, to have it killed, to have the blood sprinkled on the altar, and that was a symbol of the forgiveness of our sin. And so literally, there were thousands and thousands of sheep slaughtered in, in, in communities throughout the year. And, and the Bible also said that the blood of uh, animals was not sufficient to take away our sin. It was just a symbol. It was just a reminder, just a foreshadowing of one day the Messiah who was going to come. And to be the Lamb of God, to take away our sin. And so when the Lamb of God was born, it's this beautiful symbol that his birth was announced to shepherds. You know, the ones who are taking care of these lambs who are to be sacrificed. But I also think the announcement to the shepherds is a symbol of Jesus' acceptance of all people. Now, I hate to blow your minds about the traditional idea surrounding shepherds. Because uh, you all get these, you know, really quaint, beautiful Hallmark cards this time of year, and, and maybe there's a, you know, a really pretty manger scene, or there's some shepherds you know, on, on the front, and uh, they're always these tall, 
good-looking men, right? And these uh, nice, beautiful, flowing robes with a, holding a what? Holding a staff, and they look very stately and, and strong. Unfortunately, that is a terrible picture of the shepherds in Jesus' day. Now, early, early on in the Old Testament, uh, shepherding was considered a, a somewhat of a noble profession. But now at this period of time in history, into the first century in which Jesus was born, shepherds were not considered a noble profession. They were the lowest of the low. They came in just ahead of lepers, okay? Living out in the fields with animals. This would make them unclean. And, and, and their lifestyle completed the unclean package, okay? They, they were the lowest of the low. These were the guys who couldn't get jobs, doing anything else, uh, either because of their mental limitation, uh, physical limitation, or because they were just too lazy to do anything else anywhere else. They were almost always single men, either because of their looks or their lack of charm, like some of you. No, anyway, they, uh, you know, so they literally lived both in the winter and in the summer out in the fields, taking care of sheep. They were a dirty group of people. And as the you know, societal order of things goes, they would be beneath the bottom. If you were in a, you know, having a Christmas party, and people ask you, hey, what do you do? What, you know, what's in your family history? What, you know, what do you all do for a living? If, if anybody ever admitted that they were a shepherd, they would immediately be discriminated against. You would never admit being a shepherd. So get that picture. Okay, wipe out the Hallmark picture out of your mind and get this picture of shepherds. And yet, it was to them. Now get the significance of that. It was to them. You know, not kings, you know, not Herods, not Caesars, not Pilots, you know, not company CEOs, not presidents, did the very first message of the arrival of Jesus come. You know, to lowly shepherds. That reminds me of another passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Listen to this. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Very encouraging, right? None of you. You're all losers, okay? But, listen to this. God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. In other words, God chose the lowliest of all people as the ones that he would reveal the initial word about the coming of the Savior. You know, when nobody else would want to associate with them, the angel of God appeared to them and said, unto you, shepherds, is born this day a Savior. Man, that gives you hope. Unto the lowest, God always gives the highest. Unto the neglected, God gives attention. To the poor, God ultimately gives his great spiritual riches. I think that should serve as a reminder to the church. And sometimes churches forget this. The gospel is for everyone. Not just those that you deem worthy. The poor. 
the despised, the uneducated. They should all feel welcome. Not only when they come into the kingdom, it's easy to say that, but when they come to the church. You know, in Romans 12, 16, the Apostle Paul said, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud. But be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Let me ask you, how do you react when modern-day shepherds come into the family of God? People who feel neglected. People who might feel in the world less than. James 2, 1 through 6 speaks to this. Listen to this. He's talking to the church. My, my brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose someone comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and then a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the one wearing fine clothes, and you say, hey, come over here, here's a great seat for you, but to the poor guy, you say, hey, you stand over there, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, listen to this. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of this world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised for those who love him? But you, you have insulted the poor. So, when shepherds come to Coastal, you know, we've got to do a good job of making it clear to everybody that there, there's room at the manger, there's room at the cross, there's room in the church for everyone. But I can't leave this point without uh, adding a little footnote. You know, those who have, you know, you could say the rich, the wealthy, they're not to snub, you know, the poor, but those who have less should not be intimidated or think less of people who have more. You know, people who are not as well off financially sometimes can make unfair generalizations about people who have more than they do. And that's true in every, you know, class of people. By the way, you know who's great at manipulating this? Politicians. You know, there, there's a term for it. They create what? What's it called? Anybody know? Class envy. Class envy. What's that? That's, you know, we want money, but we don't want anybody else to have it. And, you know, we want to tell them how they ought to spend it. Listen. Just because someone has more, just because someone has money, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were born, you know, with a silver, silver spoon in their mouth. You know, and if it does, so what? Now, it might mean, it, it might just mean that maybe they worked hard. You know, they sacrificed. And again, if they were born with wealth, who cares? Well, you know, some people have money, they're, you know, they're arrogant, they're selfish. You know what I've learned over the years? I've learned that people with very little can be that way too. It really doesn't matter. You see, the point of the gospel is that either way, it's wrong to treat people differently based on what people have or don't have. And so the shepherds, they were the first to hear about the birth of Jesus, but later the announcement comes to wise men, right, who brought gold. You know, you don't, you don't read that the shepherds said, oh, goodness, you know, we better get out of here. The people with money are coming, you know. There's no room for us anymore. Now, what exactly did the angel say to these shepherds? Let's look at it. Luke 2, uh, 10 through 12, listen to this. But the angel said to them, 
Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Let's, let's break some of those phrases down for a moment this morning. Let's, let's look at what they said. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let me ask you, what happens when someone comes to you and the first thing out of their mouth is, now don't be afraid. Don't worry. Does that ever work? Parents, when your teenager comes to you and goes, now mom, don't worry. Like, does that ever work? You never do that, right? Uh, you know, sudden news, by the way, sudden news is typically bad news. You know, you get a telephone call suddenly in the middle of the night. That's typically not good news, is it? You know, the, the television show is never interrupted for good news. We interrupt this broadcast. I mean, that, the, you know, the next thing is always going to be bad. And so here's the angels. They interrupt the shepherds in the middle of the night. They surprise them, though, with what? Good news of great joy. I love that. Great joy. You know, that's a reminder to me and to us, I think, that when believers come together, man, there ought to be joy in this place. We ought to be surrounded, permeated with, with joy. Parents, let me ask you, it's Christmas time. You know, when, you're, when your kids open that special gift from you this Christmas, that gift you've been thinking about, and you went to a lot of time and trouble and effort, just, it just matched them and their personality. How do you want them to react? Thanks, Mom. That's great. Wow. You know, wow, that, that's really what you did for me? Seriously? You love me this many dollars worth? I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, you come up with, I mean, that's not what you're looking for, right? What do you want to see? You're like, you want to see great joy. Have you ever been to a church where there's no joy? Jesus, we just want to praise you. You know, wow. You know, man, when we come together, this place ought to be filled with, with joy. And by the way, that's got nothing to do with your circumstances, right? We talked about that before. Joy is something that comes from within. And then it says this, that will be to all people. Boy, that was, a, that was a shocker. You know, the Jews were programmed to think that they were the only ones. They were the only, you know, chosen people. And the Gentiles, in their minds, were just pagans, just, you know, dogs. They were, they were hated by God, you know, in their minds, hated by God's people. And then the angels come and say, hey, we've got good news for all people. Not just the rich, but the poor. Not just the Jew, but the Gentile. And then it says, today in Bethlehem is born a Savior. Listen, this world is searching today for meaning, for significance, for help, for hope. The world does not need more information, more knowledge, more money. This world needs forgiveness. And so the angel said, today is born a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Now, it's interesting that as soon as the angels leave, these, these shepherds, they do several things. A couple of things you kind of expect them to do. And then there's one thing they do, I think that's a little surprising. Uh, one thing you would expect them to do is that they checked out all the evidence. They examined it carefully. Look at verse 15. It says, when the angels left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that's happened. In other words, let's check it out. Let's you know, see what the Lord has told us about. And so uh, they acted on the message that they had been given. They went to go check out the evidence, see if this thing was true. You know, the word come in the Bible appears over 1,400 times. 
And over and over and over again, we are being invited to come. Come and see. Come and check out what God is doing. For instance, in Psalm 66.5, it says, Come and see what God has done. How awesome, how awesome His works in man's behalf. Think about that. You know, God's invitation for you today is to come. And get this. He's already paid your way. Your ticket has already been purchased by the blood of Christ. Your your only responsibility is to take that next step, to take that that first step, is to come. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3 says this, Come, all you who are thirsty. Come, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on on that which is not bread and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? In other words, listen, why are you wasting your time and effort and money and energy on things that ultimately are not going to satisfy you? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. Your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me that your soul may live. Jesus said the exact same thing in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, everyone who is weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Maybe you're here today and you're wondering and you're worried about whether this invitation is really for you. And you feel like such a misfit that you wonder whether Jesus would actually ever receive you welcome you when you come. Listen to John 6. Jesus said this, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Now listen to this. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. The, the point I'm, I'm trying to make here is that spiritually, you know, I don't, I don't know where everybody in this room is. But God does. And there is a point in which you will never know until you go. You know, God's offer to you at Christmas and always is come. And it's just one step. Some of you think it's just long journey back to God. It's just one step of faith. And then Jesus will make up the difference. He will run to you. You know, that's, that's the story of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son finally came home, you know, he, he made his way back to God. The father sees him from a distance and he runs to him. Man, that's a picture of our God. Listen, don't stay distant. Don't, don't hold back. But until you go, until you take that step, you will never know. So come. The other uh, thing that the shepherds did um, that was, uh, I think, expected uh, this normal, is that they shared what they found. You know, th- th- this is amazing. They shared it. Verses 17 through 18. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds were just so excited about what had happened that they automatically shared uh, this uh, experience wherever they went. And that, that's a natural thing, isn't it? I mean, when people experience something that's exciting... Uh, they're going to talk about it, right? I mean, whether your team wins, uh, you know, the game, or uh, you got some exciting news, or, you know, somebody has a baby, you know, where we're excited. You want to you post it, share it, get the word out. Listen to me. That's exactly what happens uh, in evangelism and sharing the good news of the gospel. 
It's simply people sharing what they've seen and what they've heard, what they've experienced in their life. You know, it's you, you know, where you live, where you work, where you play, uh, saying, hey, you know what? I've been going to church lately. Man, it has changed my life. I've experienced peace that I've never had before. Our marriage is getting stronger. I have a better relationship, you know, with family and friends. You know, that's just a normal part of experiencing something exciting. You know, when you get that gift that, you know, at Christmas time, especially when you're like a kid and you're all excited that you, you got this gift, your first reaction is you want, you want to call your friends, talk to your friends, text them, tell them, you know, that, what you got. But there's something that these shepherds did that when you think about it, it's a little surprising to me. And it's also there in verse 20. Listen to this. The shepherds returned. Think about that for a second. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Number three, uh, they returned. Now, where? Where did they go? They went back to their what? They're sheep. They went back to their, you know, being a shepherd. They went back to staying up all night. They went back to the routine. I mean, doesn't that surprise you just a little bit? I mean, you know, you, wow, you know, angels, angels of God have appeared to you, you know, given you a message. You went and saw the Messiah. I mean, wouldn't you expect them if they'd really had this, this incredible experience, they'd seen Jesus to kind of, you know, leave their flocks, and become the first missionaries, you know, become missionaries full-time. No, they went back to what they were doing. Now, here's the message that I want to apply to you and me. Listen to this. God's very best witnesses are usually just common people with a testimony, not paid professionals with an argument. God's best witnesses in this world today are just common people with a testimony, not paid professionals with an argument. You know, most sharing the good news, most evangelism is just one person telling another person what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've experienced. You know, God's not expecting most people to to leave their job, to leave their home, become martyred missionaries, you know, in some foreign country. He, He wants you to go back to, he wants you to return to your workplace, where you live, where you work, where you play, in your community. And just talk about what it is that you've seen, what you've experienced. You know, our, our, our strategy here at Coastal is very simple. Invest and invite. That's it. Build a relationship. Love people. Serve people. Share with them your story. Share your faith. And, and we'll partner with you, team up with you, and invite and bring them to a place where they're going to hear about Jesus. You know, so many people today are skeptical of me because I'm the, I'm the paid professional, right? In a lot of people's minds, you know what preachers are today? I'm just one step above or below a used car salesman. That's what I am, okay? They think, Pastor Chris, that's your job, you know? You get paid to do that. And, and they're turned off. A lot of people are turned off today of, you know, like a canned presentation. But they know you. You see, you're not the paid professional, you're the satisfied customer. And if they see a difference in your life, if they see a change, if they see excitement, man, that's that's credible. 
You know, there's this great story in John chapter 9 where Jesus heals this guy who had been blind his entire life. And the Pharisees who hated Jesus, they, they're upset, you know, that Jesus is, you know, getting a following, that Jesus healed on the, on the Sabbath, and he broke one of their rules. And so they get this guy who had been blind his whole, entire life, and Jesus heals him, and they start drilling him. You know, who is Jesus? You know, tell us about his theology. Is he a prophet? What do you think? And the man, obviously, when you read the story, he gets a little frustrated. He says, listen, I don't know all that. I don't have all the answers to what you want. But I do know this. I used to be blind, but now I can see. See, that's your story. You know, Jesus has made a difference in your life. And God's very best witnesses are misfits. Just normal people. You know, who feel like maybe, you know, you don't fit in. Maybe, you know, you're unwanted. And yet God uses you and me, people who've just simply had a change in their life. You know, a lot of you are here today, in fact, because of that man or that woman who couldn't help but talk about something that had happened in their life. That's what evangelism is, just the natural result of life change. That's it. And God's best witnesses, over and over again, all throughout history and all throughout you know, the Bible and today, are just normal people with a testimony. Not paid professionals with an argument. Now, there are going to be people in this world that are skeptical. Some people you know, are going to turn you away, but some will be believe. And most will be amazed at the change that has happened in your life. You see, just like shepherds, God needs some people who have really seen something, really experienced something. Now, that might mean that you need to go and you need to check things out. You need to check out the facts. Listen, let me tell you something. This is a safe place for you to come and to figure things out. You know, your, uh, your doubts are welcome here. Your questions are welcome here. In fact, God loves you. His love is big enough to handle your doubt. But be intellectually honest enough to actually to do that, to investigate the facts, to come, to come and see, and to grow. And then, once you make that change in your life, man, you just share with other people what's been happening. You know, whether you think that's dramatic or undramatic, it doesn't matter, as long as it's real. God needs you. Listen, today, why don't you allow Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, to become your Savior? See, our God is waiting still to give you the greatest gift of all, the gift of forgiveness the gift of forgiveness. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. He wants to give you the promise of eternal life. Only God can do that. Receive that gift today. You know, today you might have walked in here feeling like a shepherd. Let me tell you something. You're welcome. You're wanted. You're needed here. Not just at Coastal, but in the family of God, in the kingdom of God. God is reaching out to you today. Receive him today.
Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for your redemptive story. Thank you for reaching out and choosing as the very first people to hear about the announcement of a Savior as the shepherds. People who really were unwanted, rejected, and felt like they didn't fit in. And my guess is there's someone here today who feels that way. Listen, God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it all starts with one step of faith. Come. Come. Come to the Savior today. Our God will make up all of the distance. He will run to you today. He will welcome you with open arms into his family, into his kingdom. And we welcome you today here to this church. It is as simple as that one step of faith. Just open up your heart today and receive that gift. Just say, Jesus, today I do believe. I believe that you are the Savior and I ask you today to be mine. I believe you went to a cross for me. I believe that you also rose from the dead and you are alive. You have power over sin and death, the sin and death in my own life, and I give it all to you today. I turn away from that and I turn toward you. And for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow him. I come, I come today. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, if you asked Jesus to come into your life, God has accepted you and welcomed you into his forever family. Today, the Holy Spirit has taken up resident inside of your life. Your job simply today and from here on out is just to cooperate with him. Just keep taking those next steps and he will, he will change you from the inside out. And Father, I pray for our church today. May we do a better and better job, not only of just welcoming those who come, but Father, may we go. May we go and tell. May we tell people in this world, the people in our community, where we live, where we work, where we play, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've experienced. May we share the change that's happening in our lives, not because of us, but because of you. And as we do that, God, I pray that you would use us to share hope and help with the world around us. And his name is Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.